I'm Daniel R. Cox, and despite what my initials would have you believe, I am not a doctor. The importance of this podcast, however, is to demonstrate that one doesn't need a PhD, or even an MD, to make sense of science. That's neither here nor there, because if you're already here, you're already listening, a fact I'm more grateful for than you know. Okay, let's talk about why we're here, why I'm doing this. For decades, centuries even, we've had a system called peer review for scientific publications. It was glorious, it was magical even, a system designed to ensure that the scientific information delivered to the public was reviewed by experts, peer-reviewed, reviewed by their peers, before anyone could say, science has demonstrated. That statement itself is something I'll talk about in the future, but we'll hold off for now. Back to peer review. Once scientists were relatively certain of the legitimacy of their experiments, they were allowed to be released to the public. This is what we've known as scientific journals. It was an amazing system for the time. Publishing wasn't cheap, especially for scientific information people weren't even sure would get read. If they put it on paper, it needed to be as worthwhile as possible. Now, I know there's people out there saying, but we know that some publications were proven false. And those people are right. Right. You can't see me. Well, my eyes went wide. I assure you, Simon Tam would have described it as shock. Oh my god, what do we do? Here's the thing. We forget some people are liars. Turns out, that's true in every walk of life. Some actors are liars. Some medical doctors are liars. <gasps> Even some politicians and lawyers are liars. So, as it turns out, some scientists lie as well. The point of the peer review was to try to limit these people from releasing their falsehoods to the public. Sometimes they fell through the cracks. Some always do. So we had this system. It worked. Most of the time. Sometimes it failed. But I think scientists agree, for the most part, it worked. Then, the internet. And before I get emails and, and someone asks, yes, that word's spelled out in my notes. B- O-O-D, never mind. For the first decade or two, it was weird. The internet was weird. It was disoriented and still trying to define itself. Early on, you couldn't search the word Thailand without getting porn. Sort of a strange memory to have, but so is jinkos and tub thumping. But things moved forward. They transcended into what we know today. This world-bending mixture of information, misinformation, breathtaking images, and cat videos... Okay, for some of you, those last two actually might be the same thing. But that's not the important part. Well, for all of us except those with a lucrative cat video channel. So, now we have this wealth of information, accessible to everyone. Though there are exceptions there as well, but we can discuss that later. So, now we have this combination no one ever predicted. Accessibility to more information than anyone could ever absorb in a lifetime. And liars. There are two important points at this juncture. First, it's nearly impossible not to guess what will be true based on your previous knowledge. And second, we tend to implement this bias into our own research. So let's say we want to know if cat videos are actually funny. Maybe we search for, are cat videos funny? I know, right? How is that wrong? It shouldn't be. But your search picks up cat videos and funny. So now you get 
funny cat videos because your computer doesn't think like us. If you'd instead search just cat videos, you'd have a much less biased opinion. The point here is that internet research is not always intuitive, not always easy. So now we have massive amounts of information, liars, and an inherent difficulty in determining who those liars are. This, my friends, is why we're here. This is Breaking Bad I've spent my life surrounding myself with brilliant people. I know doctors, engineers, environmentalists. I even know this girl who walked between two giant buildings on what is effectively a toe strap. We'll talk about all sorts of science-related things. We'll bring in experts. We'll discuss what's real. What does it mean? And even, where is science going? But more than that, we'll talk about how to sort out the truth for yourself. Because here's the thing. I can't do it alone. This fantastic system we had is broken, and it will take everybody to fix it. So let's begin there. To move forward, we have to take a step back. One step forward, two steps back. <clears throat> Sorry. Let's talk about the problems. Why is the system broken? The simple answer, liars. But more than that, what's the heart of the problem? The pulse, the true source, availability. See, before, when some liars tried to publish something, the scientific community would have to review it, realize the information was falsified, and not publish it. Then he might be able to peddle his wares to a few ears willing to bend to them, but it couldn't go much farther. Now, though, now, we have email, advertisements, and the dreaded social media. Now we have the complete picture. So let's say you want to spread a lie, a scientific falsehood. You go online, and you write up what you made up. Boom, done. But now, you need more. More ears, more eyes, more people to spread what you've written. So you need legitimacy. There are quotes on that. Turns out, those are hard to see in a podcast. To legitimize your falsehood, you just need to publish it. More air quotes. So you make up your own online journal. The Scientific Journal of Blatantly Bogus Banterings. Could go for a better name, but that's what we'll go with. Okay, now we just add our fake article to our fake journal, and boom! Now we can call it a published scientific work. Here is the problem. That statement is true. It is a scientific work. It is published. Unfortunately, it's also fake. But here's the problem. Now we can post an article about this paper on a separate website and say, Science has demonstrated this. Now you can post it on social media, email it to everyone, and spread it like fire. And we do spread it, especially on social media. By the time someone in the scientific community has a chance to even investigate the testing, there are one of million people discussing this now viral story. One million people, and it's as fictitious as if Tolkien himself had written it. Or George R. R. Martin for the younger generation. This is what I call the social media scientist. But, but, stay with me. You can go through the same process simply because you can't get a real journal to publish your real work. You're still a social media scientist, but you're spreading the truth. I know, crazy, bizarre, and possibly even disturbing thing to do, but it does happen. So I say to you, can you tell the difference? 
I know some of you are saying, yeah, absolutely. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're not. If you want to know for sure, stick with me. I'll challenge you. I'll make you question. But most of all, I'll help you. On this adventure, we'll learn together. We'll be surprised and saddened by some of the things we'll see. But maybe, just maybe, we can find a way to sort this. This world needs an answer. Maybe we can push that answer out to the open. But we'll definitely push it. No salt and pepper intended. I hope you'll stay with me. Until we meet again, I am D.R. Cox. And I'm not a doctor. And this is not your grandmother's podcast. This is Breaking Bad Science. Breaking Bad Science.